Money Talks. But so do we. I'm Lauren. And I'm Daniel. And And we're we're your friends friends with with tax tax benefits. benefits. We're here to sound off about write-offs, to get wise about wealth building, and to take the taboo out of tax talk. We work at TurboTax, so obviously, this is what we love to talk about. But we're not here to replace your accountant. In each episode, we'll share our own personal opinions, advice, and jokes about all things financial. What we won't do is share any opinions on behalf of Intuit, TurboTax, their brands, or employees. The lawyers made you say that, huh, Lauren? So stop scrolling on Tax Talk, tell your CPA you'll call them back later, and let's talk tax, friends. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of Friends with Tax Benefits. I'm Daniel Thrall, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lauren Thomas. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Daniel. It's great to be back with you. What are we getting into today? We're getting into big numbers today, Lauren. Gigantor numbers to the tune of $1.6 trillion. And that's just for student loans, right? It makes me dizzy to think about it. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, I think it's something that many of us can relate to. You know, when I graduated from grad school, um, my wife had recently graduated from grad school too, and we owed, I don't know, something like $50,000 in student loan. And I was a teacher and she was a social worker. We made very little money and we're trying to chip away to like pay down this debt. And it wasn't working. And what was really scary for me, I said, you know, I have to actually leave teaching in order to increase my salary so that I can get out of debt. But to do that, I had to go back to school and take out another loan for another $50,000 to pay for a graduate, a second graduate degree in hopes that I'd make more money. And, you know, thankfully I did. But what was interesting was we couldn't move to California from Arizona because we couldn't afford to uh, pay for a house in California with our monthly mortgage payment. And so I did something that was maybe dumb, but it was the only way that we could move to California was I cashed out my teacher retirement, paid a huge tax on that, and then just got rid of student loans. And so, I don't know, it felt great to get rid of it, but it felt terrible to cash out a retirement. So I don't know, this it's really tough. Yeah, that sounds like a really big challenge and a big decision to make in terms of how do you move forward in your career and how do you finance a, a move to California, which is a super expensive place to live. Yeah, well... So I'm super excited to talk with our guest, Lacey, but also to introduce our guest, Lacey, today. Lacey, the behavioral therapist, has undergrad, graduate debt. I know there's much more to you than just your graduate and undergraduate debt, but that's a topic of the show today. I know you're super passionate about the topic of student loans and about just trying to stay on top of your finances. So welcome to the show, um, and I want to um, just give you the chance to introduce uh, yourself to the audience today. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to to talk about it and I am passionate about it. I think when you said that, I was like, wow, that sounds really boring to be passionate about student loans. But I think because it affects me every single day. But I am a Oregon native. I went to Oregon State University for my undergrad. I moved out to California with no family and I came here for grad school to go to Pepperdine. Um, I'd never seen Southern California before. I didn't know what I was doing. I came from Oregon where my rent was $675 a month to Irvine where my rent was $2,600 a month. So it's been a big shift, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here and I'm happy I get to talk to you guys about it. Lacey, what inspired you to make the move from Oregon to California? Was it just school or what else prompted the decision? 
So it really was just school. I knew that that what I wanted to do with my career wasn't going to be easy to do in Oregon. Um, and I always dreamed of going to Pepperdine since I was a kid. And so I, I did it. And MFT is marriage and family therapist, right? Yes. Can you tell us what you're doing right now? So you graduated from undergrad, went and got your master's from Pepperdine. Super awesome. Congratulations. I hear it's gorgeous there. Um, tell, tell us what you're doing right now. Yeah. So actually right now I'm sitting in my office at work where I sit most of my day. I think I spend more time here than I do at home. Right now I'm at a uh, mental health primary treatment facility, intensive outpatient and PHP. Um, it's a co-ed program for adults and we're here in um, Pacific Beach and um, I'm in my first month of working here. So um, I just moved here from Orange County. So I'm kind of getting settled. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. And you've got a not insignificant amount of student debt. Um, am I am I crossing a line to ask you ballpark of what you're carrying? You know what? I almost have to wear it about as a badge of honor at this point. Um, I am one hundred and sixty nine thousand in debt. That's really staggering. And what I want to ask you is to begin with a, a couple questions. So, as you were looking at where you wanted to go to school, how much did the cost of um, attending the school factor in, you know, public versus private, in-state versus out-of-state, scholarships, merit aid, full price, blah, 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 all that. How much did the cost of, of college and grad school factor in? Honestly, looking back, it probably should have been more a part of my decision, but it really wasn't. It wasn't something I thought about. I think as an 18-year-old trying to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life, like there's a lot of things to think about. And for me, it was I want to be in a place where I can become what I want to become and that can't have a price tag. And so the reason why I'm $170,000 in debt is because as an 18-year-old, I don't understand how much money that is. And, you know, I'm not even old enough to drink yet, but I'm old enough to take out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in loans and with a little piece of paper that I signed saying, yeah, I'll pay it back. So it really didn't honestly factor in at, at all, really. Did you have anyone in your life at that time who helped guide you when it came to the finances of your education or were you kind of winging it on your own? I had absolutely zero guidance when it came to money. I grew up without understanding money and I grew up learning that you just ignore the telemarketers, the debt collectors, you just ignore the phone calls. I knew that I had to put myself through school I had like some help here and there when I, when things got really tough. So for the most part, um, everything that wasn't alone came out of pocket from me. So I kind of just winged it. I think one thing I'm curious about, knowing what you know now, what advice might you give to someone else as they were starting the process of looking at colleges and considering taking on debt to finance their education? Do the research yourself. Look for what you want to do. There was a lot of people that told me what I should and shouldn't do. There was a lot of people that said, don't take out that much debt. That's horrible. It'll be bad for your credit. That's terrible for you. I would want to tell someone if they're going into this field, you are not going to get paid for the first five years-ish. You're going to work full-time for free while you're in grad school. So prepare yourself for that. Um, have some savings lined up so that you don't have to pull as much out of loans and not have to live off of them. Um, I think... If I would have just used my loans to just pay for school, that would have been one thing. But I also, I took out the max because I had to live off of it as well. 
since I wasn't able to work um, for any sort of income. So I think that's part of it too, of, of kind of having a reserve so that you can use that to live off of and only using the loans that you really need to pay for the actual schooling. So question for you, Lacey, you mentioned that one of the reasons you're so passionate about student loans is because it really affects your life in so many ways, right? It's not just about the loan amount. How else does it affect your day-to-day life? You know, it makes it hard to, you know, if I want to buy a car, if I wanted to buy a house, if I was in a position where I could do that, my debt to income ratio is so off that I oftentimes won't get approved for things because it looks like I just have a bunch of debt. No one really knows what it's from. And so it just looks like I really borrow a lot of money, which I did. But for a reason, it's on the top of my mind all the time. Every day I walk in here, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay those off. And I use it as an example all the time, though, with clients and, and with other people, you know, like, how do you figure this out? How do you learn about it? How do you push through it? How do you keep showing up to work even though you're not making nearly enough of what you should be because of the work that you're doing? And so there's been a lot of days that I've been angry. There's been a lot of days that I've been resentful to the process. There's been a lot of days that I spent complaining and crying to people about how unfair this is and how hard it is and what am I supposed to do? This is why all of us get stuck is because all of these barriers that we can't cross. It causes me frustration. It also motivates me. Like, uh, I have to pay those off. So I have to go to work. Tell me about how you are tackling your loan payments and how those fit into, you know, some of the decisions you have to make about what you do or don't do, where you live or don't live, et cetera. In my career, I'm not licensed yet. I've been working on earning 3,000 hours of face-to-face therapy, which takes a really long time. And by the time my loan payments start back up, I'm not going to be in a place where I'm going to have a bunch of extra money. So when I first got the call from the company that I borrowed from, she said, hey, so it's, it looks like your monthly payment's going to be $1,800. Is that going to work for you? And uh, because I didn't really know what to say. And I said, no, that doesn't work for me. Um, but I don't know what will. And she's like, well, how much can you pay? And I was like, uh, I don't know, $300. She's like, hold on a second. And so she went and talked to her supervisor or whatever. She came, she comes back. She goes, the lowest we can go is, I think she said, 370 a month. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, I'll take what I can get. Like, I'll figure that out because it's better than $1,800. That was back, though, before it was pushed again another two times, I think. So um, in that time, I did the income-based repayment plan, which my income, though, since then has changed over time, obviously, since I've, like, went up in my career a little bit. So I'm going to have to do that all over again, probably. Um, But I'm looking at my loans laid out and it says that I have a 120 month loan term for all of that money. And I did the math and I I looked at how much would I have to pay per month if I was going to meet that 120 month loan term. My payment would be $1,300 a month for 10 years straight if I wanted to pay it off in 10 years. And that's to get rid of your $169,000 to get rid of it in 10 years. Yes. $1,350 a month for 10 years straight. And I'm like, okay, well, 10 years, that's a long time. And also, I'm not going to have that kind of money. So then also, let's talk about interest, right? In about two years, um, I accrued five grand in interest. But it says on on my phone, like how much I paid off. It says you paid off negative 5%. So the balance is growing because the $370 or whatever is below the amount that it accrues interest-wise. Is that what it means? 
So um, it's been accruing interest since it's been in forbearance. So even though I haven't been required to make payments on it, it's accrued five to 10 grand in my like logical brain. It doesn't make sense to me. Lacey, there's been so many changes and a lot of news over the past couple of years when it comes to student loan repayment pauses and now student loan forgiveness. So how do you stay on top of the news and how things are changing and stay in the loop on what that means for you? I'm not that good at it. Um, The company that is like managing all of my student loans they send out updates all the time on, you know, different things that are happening or like, hey, your payments are going to start on this date. So just be prepared or, hey, student loan forgiveness. A lot of it, too, is a lot of my really close friends that are in the same situation as me posting stuff on Instagram or whatever um, to like remind everybody else that like this is what we need to do from here. So the student loan forgiveness beta launch of the $20,000 came out the other day and I signed up for it. Lacey, how are you feeling about taxes this year? I'm terrified. In what sense? Last year, I owed four grand. Um, I had three jobs at one point, and I think that that's where it came from was um, my W-4s weren't filled out correctly, stating that I had three jobs. And so I ended up, I guess, not paying enough throughout the year. So I'm a little bit nervous to see what that's going to look like and how, yeah, my loans are going to impact that or what my payments are going to look like. Well, Lacey, um, I know we're, we're running out of time, but I am so grateful for your having joined us today, for sharing your story and keep helping people get your licensure. And um, I want to keep my finger on the pulse of what you're, of what you're doing. Yeah, thank you guys for for talking with me about it. I think not a lot of us have a platform to be able to talk about this. Um, and I really hope that people listening to this can relate to the real human side that we don't talk about. Lacey, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your story. Listeners, I'd like to introduce Nikki Reynolds to the podcast today. She's a CPA hailing from sunny South Florida. She's also licensed in Maryland and Virginia, where she started her career, and she is going to break down these student loan questions for us today. Yes. Welcome, Nikki. Glad to have you joining us from Fort Lottie Thank you. So let's dig into some questions this week. What in the world is a deferment program? And if I take advantage of it, how does it impact my taxes? So deferment is when you are paying your loans, your student loans, You're within the repayment period. So you can go to your student loan servicer and ask for more time. Uh, And the technical term to ask for more time is to ask for a deferment. So typically they'll give you anywhere between 12 months to five years. And a lot of that depends on one, the servicer, because each servicer has their own flexibilities and rules. And the other depends on, you know, the term of your fellowship or your continuing education. Does my interest continue to accrue while I'm in this deferment program? Because I can imagine being like, sweet, I don't have to pay for it, but I have a sense it does continue to accrue. Can you let me know that? Wise, wise question. Because again, there are different servicers. So with some servicers, typically the private ones, during that deferment period, you will still continue to accrue interest on your loans. 
So for example, say your loan is $10,000. You know, if you defer for a couple of years, you could be looking at $2,000 of interest. And you'll have to be careful because what could happen is that interest could become capitalized and added to the principal balance, which means that no longer is your original loan balance 10000 now it's 12000 and you would effectively pay interest on top of your interest. And that interest typically accrues daily. So it's really, really easy to fall behind. I'm curious about what student loan debt can students claim on their taxes? Is that something that there are tax benefits, I guess, or, you know, I don't know, what, what is it, and what does it mean to claim student loan debt on one's taxes? Can I do it? And what in the world does that even mean? We, unfortunately, we cannot claim, you cannot write off what we're paying. So if my monthly payment is $500, I pay $500 to my student loans every month at the end of the year, that's six grand. Can I deduct six grand? No. What we can deduct is the interest. So once you pay about $600 of interest, most student loan servicers, they will send you a tax form or they'll make it available to you online. And uh, that's the 1098E. And that reports the interest that you've paid throughout the year. So normally when you make a payment back to that $500 example, maybe 400 goes to the principal and 100 goes to interest. So at the end of the year, you would get a 1098E that reports that you paid $1,200 of interest. And so that is deductible, but there's some catches. There's some more fine print to walk through. What kind of fine print should people keep in mind? So for tax year 2022, the income limit is about seventy dollars to $85,000. That's the phase-out period. And what that means is for a single filer, once your taxable income hits $70,000, we start to haircut the amount of student loan interest that you can deduct. Once you reach the top of that limit, which is eighty-five, so the window is seventy to eighty-five. Once you hit eighty-five, that's it. You cannot deduct any student loan interest. Right, that is such important fine print. Thank you for breaking that down for us, Nikki. Question for you: There's been a lot of conversation in the news about student loan forgiveness, so I'd love to dig into what that means for your taxes. If, for example, I receive $10,000 in student loan forgiveness. Do I have to pay taxes on that? Does it impact my taxes in any other way? Great question. Super, super forward thinking. So, you know, for a long time, if your student loans were discharged, which means forgiven, you would get a tax form and you would have to add that to your taxable income and you would have to pay tax on that. Interesting. (laughs) And it's only uh, maybe within the last two or three years that this has changed. Currently, it's at a temporary window until maybe 2025 or so. It's no longer taxable at the federal level. Then we have state taxes. Each state is doing their own thing. Right now, we have maybe one, two, five states who have 
clearly stated that it is going to be taxable income. What that is going to translate to is, say, for example, in your question, Lauren, if you have $10,000 forgiven and your salary is 70 grand, you know, that's going to be added on top and you're going to pay taxes on your 70 grand salary plus the student loan that you got discharged or forgiven. So you can kind of get a good feel for it. If you know what your state's income tax rate is, say it's 5%, you can kind of estimate that's going to add about $500 to your tax bill. That brings another question to mind. So if you're right around that income limit for the point where you're no longer able to deduct student loan interest payments and you get student loan forgiveness that pushes you over that limit, does that mean that you then may have to pay taxes on that student loan forgiveness depending on the state that you're in and then also may not be able to deduct the student loan interest? That's the best question. Hypothetically, I make $75,000 and then I get loan forgiveness of $10,000, which puts me at $85,000. And so then I don't qualify for... This is like a riddle. This is an SAT question here. Uh, What do you got, Nikki? Handle that one. Yeah, that's a really good question. Every state is at the liberty to change how they calculate it. Right now, it's going to be added on top. And so potentially, yes, you could lose that student loan interest deduction and then have to pay extra to your state. And then, Nikki, I hear a lot about refinancing mortgages If I were to refinance my student loans, does that have a tax implication? Yeah. So refinancing a student loan, what does that mean? So typically you would refinance a loan, any kind of loan, because you've looked at the interest rate on your current loans and you've looked at the interest rate in the market and you saw, hey, I can get a better rate out there. So you do a refi. Um, When you do a refi, what's the tax implication? So with student loan interest, there is no implication. You know, it might lower your interest, right? If you have a lower interest rate, you might pay less interest. And so therefore, you might have a smaller deduction. Uh, But, you know, the refinance itself doesn't have the implication. It's just that your interest rate is changed. And then if I'm a taxpayer, which I am, and if, if I did refinance and get a lower interest rate, I just would have that form that they send me. It would probably be my previous servicer of the loan where my interest rate was, I don't know, 4%. I'm making up numbers. 4%. I refinance. It's the 3%. I'll get two forms then, one from each one that says, here's how much interest you paid. And then I would just have two student loan forms I would put on. So it's not like I have to stay on top of it. It would just come in and I'd get forms from my servicers. Does that sound right? Yeah, you get forms for your servicer. Um, I would like to point out, though, that you get a 1098E from your servicer, right? They generate it for you. But what they report on that form is just stated interest. It's really simple. They're going to take, you know, your principal and and your interest, and they're just going to take the interest part, report that on the form, send it to you. IRS rules allow you a few extra things that you can sprinkle on top (laughs) and plumping up that number. (laughs) I like sprinkles too. Um, What what does that mean? How can I... Um, in the Midwest, we call them jimmies. What kind of jimmies can I put on on that tax form? <laughs> yeah, jimmies. So you can, if you know, if you're up for it, you can take your loan origination fee from that refi. 
if there ends up being any capitalized interest, you can take that. If you take maybe your credit card and you pay for qualified education expenses, which is like tuition or books, things of that nature, you can take the interest that's on that credit card, but it has to be, you know, dedicated, can't be mixing. Uh, oh, it's a dedicated credit card. It is my credit card for my school because right. then I would know it's, it's clean, the, all of the interest is for these qualified expenses. Yes. Yeah, so Got these it. three things you can take and add it to the amount reported on your 1098E. It's a little bit more complex. There is a little more allocating that you have to do. Um, but yeah, you can certainly sprinkle it on top and uh, plump up your student loan interest deduction for sure. You mentioned capitalized interest. What the heck is that? Uh, I know for my loans, as soon as I took them out, interest started accruing. So I'm still in college. I'm getting my education. The amount that I have to pay is already increasing. At the end, when I finished college, the student loan servicer, they got notification. And then, you know, they said, okay, grace period, six months. In six months, you're going to start paying us back. And in the fine print, it said, you know, if you don't respond to this letter within X amount of days, all that interest that accrued during the time that you were in school is going to be added to your principal balance. And so therefore, effectively, what happens is you're going to pay interest on interest. So to put this in dollars and cents, $10,000 loan. When I finish college, $2,000 of interest has accrued. And so if I make a payment today, for example, if I make a payment of $500, maybe $400 goes to that $10,000 loan and $100 goes to start paying down that interest, right? If that interest were to be capitalized, now my loan is not $10,000, it's $12,000. And now <laughs> interest is going to start accruing on that $12,000 balance. So same thing, I'll make a payment of $500 and maybe $400 goes to principal and 100 goes to interest. But remember, my original balance was 10000 not 12000 So that's how it works. Nikki, I'm so glad you joined us this week. You were this wonderful breath of fresh taxi air that was really uh, insightful and fun and um, energizing. So I loved that you spent time with us and would love for you to come back anytime. It's so great to meet you. I love that taxi air. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here, uh, Daniel and Lauren, and have a great rest of your day. You too. It was our pleasure. I think student loans are so top of mind for so many people, and I really appreciated how you've broken down this topic to help more people understand what it means for them at tax time. So thank you so much, Nikki. Absolutely. It's my favorite thing to do. I love this episode. I've learned so much about student loans today. And I want to thank Lacey James for joining us to share her experience and Nikki Reynolds for being here for um, teaching us about tax and for sharing her story. And thank you to all you listeners for being here with us for this episode of Friends with Tax Benefits. We will see you next week. Lauren, I can't wait to spend next week with you again. Same, same. And remember to like, comment, and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to stay tuned for the next episode of Friends with Tax Benefits. Bye, Daniel. See you next time. Bye, everybody. 
Friends with Tax Benefits is an Intuit TurboTax podcast produced by Frequency Media. We're your hosts, Daniel Thrall. And I'm Lauren Thomas. From Intuit TurboTax, Jane Lahani is our executive producer, and Tony Melinda is our video producer. From Frequency Media, Jordan Rizieri is our producer, Emily Krumberger is our associate producer, and Matthew Ernest Filler is our editor and sound designer. Concepts Development by Jessica Olivier, Jill Pachesnik, and Isabel Moncloa Daly. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. <laughs>